Ooh boy, I hope y'all are ready for a mess. Welcome back to our Dead Sea Scrolls series here. Today we are going to be tackling the Genesis Apocryphon. Now, we spent a while talking about how Qumran mangled the Bible. No, they were not faithful scribes. No, they were not a wonderful community of people dedicated to God and to the true faith. And their way of remixing the Bible to suit their needs is evidence that, no, these people did not have the best interests in mind of the faith that you and I share. But did you know that in their collection of Bible remixes and Targumitic writing, they also included stuff like the Genesis Apocryphon, which is part Targum, part Bible remixing, part Bible, part fan fiction. It is heavily related to the Book of Jubilees, uh, given some similarities between them, and it's supposedly unclear whether or not Jubilees takes from the Genesis Apocryphon or vice versa. We will get into that, and uh, we'll read this today. Unfortunately, the beginning is so fragmentary that we don't really have the start of it, so we're going to have to use some context clues to see what it's getting at. Are y'all ready? All right, here goes nothing. Dot, dot, dot. Like I said, fragmentary beginning. Behold, I thought then within my heart that conception was due to the watchers and the holy ones, dot, 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 and to the giants, dot, dot, dot. And my heart was troubled within me because of this child. Then I, Lamech, approached Bathanosh, my wife, in haste, and said to her, dot, 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 by the Most High, the Great Lord, the King of all the worlds, and Ruler of the sons of heaven, until you tell me all things truthfully, if... Dot, 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 tell me this truthfully, and not falsely. Dot, 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 by the King of all the worlds, until you tell me truthfully, and not falsely. Then Bathanosh, my wife, spoke to me with much heat, and dot, 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 said... O oh, my brother, O oh, my lord, remember my pleasure, dot, 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 the lying together and my soul within its body, and I tell you all things truthfully. My heart was then greatly troubled within me, and when Bathanash, my wife, saw that my countenance had changed, dot, 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 then she mastered her anger and spoke to me, saying, O oh, my lord, O oh, my brother, remember my pleasure, I swear to you by the great holy one, the king of the heavens, that this seed is yours, and that this conception is from you. This fruit was planted by you, dot, 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 and by no stranger or watcher or son of heaven, dot, dot, dot. Why is your countenance thus changed and dismayed, and why is your spirit thus distressed, dot, dot, dot? I speak to you truthfully. Then I, Lamech, ran to Methuselah, my father, and I told him all these things, and I asked him to go to Enoch, his father, for he would surely learn all things from him. For he was beloved, and he shared the lot of the angels who taught him all things. And when Methuselah heard my words, dot, 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 he went to Enoch, his father, to learn all things truthfully from him, his will. He went at once to Parwain, and he found him there. And he said to Enoch, his father, O oh, my father, O oh, my lord, to whom I dot, 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 and I say to you, lest you be angry with me, because I come here, dot, dot, dot. Okay. Already, I've got to pause the reading here. 
We understand this to be related to the fragmentary quote-unquote book of Noah that is at the end of the first Enoch collection. If you recall, I actually did an audiobook of first Enoch for context regarding books like this. The story goes that uh, Lamech found that his wife had given birth to this beautiful, radiant, incredibly intelligent baby. It wasn't a normal, natural baby. There was something very special about this baby. So he just assumes right off the bat that his wife, Bathanash, has cheated on him with one of these watchers, with one of these angelic beings, because this kid is so supernatural, you see, this isn't normal. And Bathanash, of course, goes, come on, you remember the night we conceived? I swear to you in God's name that this is your kid. Trust me. Just trust me. And then uh, Lamech runs over to his daddy, Methuselah, who runs over to his daddy, Enoch, and Enoch starts spilling the beans. But let's go ahead and keep reading here. I abstained from injustice. And in the womb of her who conceived me, I searched for truth. And when I emerged from my mother's womb, I was planted for truth, and I lived all my days in truth and walked in the paths of eternal truth. And the Holy One was with me. On my pathways, truth sped to warn me off the dot 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 of lie which led to darkness. And I girded my loins with the vision of truth and wisdom, dot 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 paths of violence vacat. Then I, Noah, became a man and clung to truth and seized dot dot dot. And I took Amzara, his daughter, as my wife. She conceived and bore me three sons and daughters. Then I took wives for my sons from among my brother's daughters, and I gave my daughters to my brother's sons according to the law of the eternal precept which the Most High ordained to the sons of man, Vakat. And in my days, when according to my reckoning, dot, 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 ten jubilees had been completed, the moment came for my sons to take wives for themselves, dot, 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 heaven. I saw in a vision and was explained and made known the action of the sons of heaven and dot 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 the heavens. Then I hid this mystery in my heart and explained it to no man, Vakat, dot dot dot, to me a great and, and in a message of the Holy One. And he spoke to me in a vision and he stood before me. And the message of the great Holy One called out to me, to you they say, O Noah, dot dot dot, and I reckoned the whole conduct of the sons of the earth. I knew and explained all dot 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 two weeks. Then the blood which the giants had spilled dot dot dot. I was at ease and waited until dot 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 the holy ones with the daughters of man dot dot dot. Then I Noah found grace, greatness, and truth till the gates of heaven to men and cattle and wild beasts and birds dot dot dot. On them, the earth and all that is on it, in the seas and on the mountains, all the constellations of heaven, the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the watchers. Dot, dot, dot. I shall reward you. Vakat, the great holy one. And I rejoiced in the words of the Lord of heaven, and I shouted, It, dot, 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 you all to your master, dot, 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 the king of all the world forever and ever until all eternity. Vakat, dot, dot, dot until the ark rested on one of the mountains of Ararat, and eternal fire, dot, 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 and I atoned for the whole earth, all of it, in the beginning of, dot, 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 and I burned the fat on the fire. Secondly, dot, 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 
I poured out their blood on the base of the altar, and I burned all their flesh on the altar, and thirdly, the turtle doves on the altar as an offering. I put on it fine flour mixed with oil and with incense as a meal offering, dot, dot, dot. I put salt on all of them, and the smell of my offering rose up to heaven, vakat. So, the narrative, pausing the little tiny audiobook again, the narrative switches. We start with Lamech here going to Daddy Methuselah, who goes to Daddy Enoch, and then it's cut off from there, probably due to a fragmentary split. However, we can assume that Noah is the focal point character because, well, the infant is Noah. That's who Lamech is worried about, that this magical supernatural child isn't his, and now it switches over to Noah giving a discussion of, like, God giving him a vision and then him doing a heckin' sacrifice after the boat lands on Ararat. Now, I hate to appeal to the census fidelium here, as that isn't the most clearly established doctrine in Lutheran churches, except we understand Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. There, there is a part of census fidelium that is true in church history. But my question to you then, knowing that you're likely a believer in Jesus Christ, does this sound like Bible to you? Really, does this sound like something God would put pen to paper to say to you? After all, he did inspire the prophets, he did inspire the apostles, and there is a clear theme of language throughout the entirety of Holy Scripture where you don't have people go, swear to me by the eternal God, the eternal God who is the eternal God from eternity, that eternal God, do that. I mean, that's, that's kind of the sense of writing that I get when I'm reading uh, this Genesis Apocryphon here, or Enoch, or the book of Jubilees, you have this idea from these apocryphal texts that it's a guy who loved to repeat himself, like he was anxious and nervous to do it. That sounds a little bit like the uh, sinful inclination of humanity towards enthusiasm or God within-ism. You get this tingling sensation and this anxiety, this stress that tells you, you need to start saying a message. You need to start doing that. You need to go out to the mountains, listen to that still small voice with your scroll and your pen and start just writing, man. Now, obviously, there are parts of the Bible where there is repetition, especially in the Psalms. For his steadfast love endures forever. That phrase gets repeated quite a lot, but that's in a liturgical context where the leader of the congregation says one thing, and then the people as part of the congregation are going to repeat that phrase. That's in the Psalms. And there's occasionally some other repetition in a didactic, moralistic sense that the prophets are really hammering a point home. But that's not like this. It really isn't. There's something funky going on here with this writing. But we'll go ahead and keep reading and see if maybe, quote-unquote, Noah starts really hammering the truth here, forcing that red pill down our throat. The mountains and the deserts. Four, dot, 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 vakat. Then I, Noah, went out and walked on the earth through its length and breadth, dot, 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 delight on her in their leaves and in their fruit, and all the land was filled with grass and herbs and grain. Then I blessed the Lord of heaven who made splendid things. He is forever and praise is his. 
And I repeated the blessing on account of his grace for the earth and on account of his removing and causing to perish from it all those who do violence and wickedness and lies and on account of his rescuing the righteous man, dot, 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 vakat. God was revealed to me, and the Lord of heaven spoke to me and said to me, Do not fear, Noah. I shall be with you and with your sons who will be like you forever, dot, 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 of the earth and rule over them, dot, 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 and over its deserts and its mountains and all that are on them. And behold, I give all of it to you and to your sons to eat the green things and the grass of the earth, but you shall not eat any blood. Your fear and awe, dot, 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 forever, dot, dot, dot. Hmm, that's an interesting line. Do not fear, Noah, I shall be with you and with your sons, who will be like you forever. Really, why would God say that, knowing full well that according to the Bible, Noah gets super plastered drunk, and then one of his grandsons decides, oh, I'm going to reveal grandpa's nakedness to everybody, and I'm going to start, I guess, mocking him. Yeah, you know, Ham and his son Canaan are considered guilty for that. Hmm, very interesting. So I don't know why God would say here that his sons are going to be like him forever, but we can just go ahead and keep on reading. In the mountains of Ararat, and afterwards I descended, dot, 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 I and my sons and the sons of my sons, dot, 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 for the destruction was great on the earth, dot, 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 after the flood. To my first son, Shem, was born to begin with a son, Arphasad, two years after the flood. And all the sons of Shem, all of them, were Elam and Ashur, Arphasad, Lud and Aram, and five daughters. And the sons of Ham, Cush and Misraim, and Put and Canaan, and seven daughters. And the sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Medea, and Yavan, and Tubal, and Mashach, and Tiras, and four daughters. And I began, I and all my sons, to fill the land, and I planted a big vineyard on Mount Lubar, and in the fourth year it produced wine for me. Dot, dot, dot. And when the first festival came on the first day of the first festival in the month, I opened this jar, and I began to drink on the first day of the fifth year. Dot, dot, dot. On this day I summoned my sons, my grandsons, and all our wives and their daughters, and we assembled together and we went, dot, 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 and I blessed the Lord of heaven, the Most High God, the Great Holy One, who saved us from perdition. Well, seems to me that the author here is kind of papering over something that contradicts what God supposedly said. Or it's Noah being so embarrassed by getting drunk that he's like, yeah, I drink from this jar. Moving along. <laughs> sure, sure, we'll go with that, writer of this Genesis Apocryphon. Let's keep reading. They were cutting gold and silver and stones and clay and taking part of them for themselves. I saw the gold and the silver, dot, 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 iron, and they cut down every tree and took some for themselves. I saw the sun and the moon and the stars cutting and taking some for themselves. Whatever that means. I turned to see the olive tree, and behold, the olive tree was rising upward, and for many hours, dot, 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 many leaves, dot, 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 appeared in them. I observed this olive tree, and beheld the abundance of its leaves, dot, 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 they tied to it. And I was greatly amazed by this olive tree and its leaves. I was amazed, dot, dot, dot. The four winds of heaven were blowing powerfully, and they damaged this olive tree, breaking off its branches and smashing them. 
First came the westerly wind and struck it and took off its leaves and fruit and scattered them in every direction then dot dot dot. Very interesting. Here Noah, supposedly Noah, is writing some sort of parable or vision regarding an olive tree. And unfortunately it's fragmentary from there. We don't really get to see the full parable here as to what it's getting at. But an olive tree or an olive uh, branch has oftentimes been used as a parabolic symbol for God's people. So the author here writing had probably some sort of message for the ecclesia of his day. But continuing on reading, listen and hear. You are the great cedar, dot, 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 standing before you in a dream on the top of the mountains, dot, 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 truth. The willow that springs from it and rises towards the heights, these are three suns, dot, 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 and that which you did see, namely that the first willow caught the stump of the cedar, dot, 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 and the wood from it, dot, 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 will not separate from you all its days, and among its posterity, dot, 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 will be called, dot, 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 will spring a righteous plant, dot, 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 will stand forever. And that which you did see, namely that the willow caught the stump of the cedar, hmm, dot, 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 that last willow. Vakat, part of the branch entered, got entangled with, the branch of the first willow, two sons, dot, 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 and that which you did see, namely that part of their branch entered the branch of the first, dot, 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 I explained to him the mystery. Okay, so he has some sort of vision, and we're not able to see the entirety of this parabolic vision with a few trees that represent his three sons and then his grandsons and how they relate to one another uh, in a probably parallel idea with the table of nations. The author of this book here, this Genesis Apocryphon, was probably looking at the table of nations, looking at the history he knew, and decided to wrap it all up in a parable and say Noah knew about it. Let's keep reading. And that you did see all of them, dot dot dot, they will go around, the majority of them will be wicked. And that which you did see, namely, that a man came from the south of the land with a sickle in his hand and fire with him, dot, 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 who will come from the south of the land, dot, 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 and they will cast wickedness on the fire, all, dot, dot, dot. And he shall come between, dot, 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 four angels, dot, 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 between all the nations. And all of them will worship and be confounded. I will explain to you all in truth, and thus it is written concerning you. And I, Noah, awoke from my sleep, and the sun, dot, 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 until the river Tina, dot, 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 and all the land of the north, all of it, until it reaches, dot, 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 and this boundary passes by the waters of the great sea as far as, dot, 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 divided by lot to Japheth and his sons to inherit as an eternal inheritance, Vakat. The second lot came to Shem to inherit, he and his sons as an eternal inheritance, dot, 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 the waters of the river Tina, as far as the river Tina, to the great sea of salt. And this boundary goes as a spring from this bay, dot, 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 to the east. And Shem, my son, divided his inheritance among his sons. And the first lot fell to Elam in the north, by the waters of the river Tigris, as far as the Red Sea, whose source is in the north. And it turns to the west to Assyria, as far as the Tigris, and after it to Aram, the land between the two rivers, as far as the top of the mountain of Ashur, dot, 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 two, dot, 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 fell this mount of the ox, and the portion stretched and went westwards as far as Magog, 
east in the north, dot, 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 this bay, which is at the head of three portions by this sea to our facade, to the boundary that turns towards the south, all the land watered by the Euphrates, and all, dot, 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 all the valleys and plains that are between them and the island that is in the middle of the bay, dot, 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 to the sons of Gomer, dot, 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 and Amana as far as the Euphrates, dot, 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 the portion that his father Noah divided and gave him, Vakat, Japhet divided his inheritance between his sons. He gave the first lot to Gomer in the north, as far as the river Tina, and afterwards to Magog, and afterwards to Medea, and afterwards to Yavan, the Greeks. All the islands that are by Lydia, and the lot which is between the bay of Lydia and the second bay, he gave to Tubal in the land, and to Meshech the sea, to Tiras, which is by the portion of the sons of Ham, Vakat. Uh, Lydia, by the way, I mean, that's a Greek island or Greek area here that probably wasn't always called Lydia, especially not in the times of Noah. But, you know, somebody could say that a later scribe put this down. L listen, I mean, that's, that's a little oopsie on the part of the scribe that wrote this, whoever decided to write this down, that they took a more modern name for it and just assumed that it's always been called Lydia. But I digress. Next fragment here. And I said, thou art dot, 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 until now you have not come to the holy mountain. And I, Abram, departed. And I traveled towards the south until I came to Hebron at the time when Hebron was being built. And I dwelt there two years. Hmm. So now it's switching speakers again to Abram or Abraham later on, you know, the father of the faith, so to speak. Now there was famine in all this land, and hearing that there was prosperity in Egypt, I went dot 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 to the land of Egypt, dot dot dot. I came to the river Carmon, one of the branches of the river Nile, dot dot dot, and I crossed the seven branches of the river, dot dot dot. We passed through our land and entered the land of the sons of Ham, the land of Egypt. And on the night of our entry into Egypt, I, Abram, dreamt a dream, and behold, I saw in my dream a cedar tree and a palm tree. Dot, dot, dot. Men came, and they sought to cut down the cedar tree and to pull up its roots, leaving the palm tree standing alone. But the palm tree cried out, saying, Do not cut down this cedar tree, for cursed be he who shall fell it. And the cedar tree was spared because of the palm tree and was not felled. And during the night I awoke from my dream, and I said to Sarai, my wife, I have dreamt a dream, dot, 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 and I am fearful because of this dream. She said to me, tell me your dream that I may know it. So I began to tell her this dream, the interpretation of the dream, that they will seek to kill me but will spare you. Say to them of me, he is my brother, and because of you I shall live, and because of you my life shall be saved. And Sarai wept that night on account of my words. And we journeyed towards Zoan, I and Sarai, by her life that none should see her. And when those five years had passed, three men from among the princes of Egypt came at the command of Pharaoh of Zoan to inquire after my business and after my wife. And they gave dot 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 goodness, wisdom, and truth. And I exclaimed before them dot 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 because of the famine dot dot dot. And they came to ascertain dot 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 with much food and drink the wine. During the party, the Egyptians must have seen Sarai, and on their return, they praised her to the king. Oh, now, so at the end of this fragment, we have a narrative here that seems to justify Abraham's cowardly decision to lie to Pharaoh and to have his wife lie, saying 
that she was his sister. Well, it's more of a half-truth because they were half-siblings, but I digress. Let's keep reading. And beautiful is her face. How fine are the hairs of her head, how lovely are her eyes, how desirable her nose and all the radiance of her countenance, how fair are her breasts, and how beautiful all her whiteness, how pleasing are her arms, and how perfect her hands, and how desirable all the appearance of her hands, how fair are her palms, and how long and slender are her fingers, how comely are her feet, how perfect her thighs. No virgin or bride led into the marriage chamber is more beautiful than she. She is fairer than all other women. Truly her beauty is greater than theirs. Yet together with all this grace she possesses abundant wisdom, so that whatever she does is perfect. When the king heard the words of Harkonosh and his two companions, for all three spoke as with one voice, he desired her greatly, and sent out at once to take her. And seeing her, he was amazed by all her beauty and took her to be his wife. But me he sought to kill. Sarai said to the king, He is my brother, that I might benefit from her. And I, Abram, was spared because of her, and I was not slain. Uh, pausing again this little reading here, why on earth are they able to see her thighs? Did the writer of this book assume that Sarai was like a nudist? Or did they assume that she liked walking around in some sort of um, Robert E. Howard-style Hyperborean lion-skin bikini or something? That these guys could go, oh, dude, you need to check out this chick with this wicked sick bod, man. I mean, to be fair, we don't know exactly how everybody dressed back in that day, but it seems to me that almost all of the ancient depictions of people showed them covering up to a reasonable extent. Not where you can actually stare at a woman's thighs. Anyway, we can keep reading here. And I, Abram, wept aloud that night, I and my nephew Lot, because Sarai had been taken from me by force. I prayed that night, and I begged and implored, and I said in my sorrow while my tears ran down, Blessed art thou, O most high God, Lord of all the worlds, Thou who art Lord and King of all things, and who rulest over all the kings of the earth, and judgest them all, I cry now before thee, my Lord, against Pharaoh of Zoan, the king of Egypt, because my wife, who has been taken from me by force, judge him for me, that I may see thy mighty hand raised against him and against all his household, and that he may not be able to defile my wife this night, separating her from me, and that they may know thee, my Lord, and that thou art Lord of all the kings of the earth. And I wept and was sorrowful. And during that night the Most High God sent a spirit to scourge him, an evil spirit, to all his household, and it scourged him and all his household. And he was unable to approach her, and although he was with her for two years, he knew her not. At the end of those two years, the scourges and afflictions grew greater and more grievous upon him and all his household. So he sent for all the sages of Egypt, for all the magicians, together with all the healers of Egypt, that they might heal him and all his household of this scourge. But not one healer or magician or sage could stay to cure him, for the spirit scourged them all, and they fled. Then Harkonosh came to me, beseeching me to go to the king and to pray for him, and to lay my hands upon him, that he might live. For the king had dreamt a dream, dot, dot, dot. But Lot said to him, Abram, my uncle, cannot pray for the king while Sarai, his wife, is with him. Go, therefore, and tell the king to restore his wife to her husband. Then he will pray for him, and he shall live. 
When Harkonosh had heard the words of Lot, he went to the king and said, All these scourges and afflictions with which my lord the king is scourged and afflicted are because of Sarai, the wife of Abram. Let Sarai be restored to Abram, her husband, and this scourge and the spirit of festering shall vanish from you. And he called to me and said, What have you done to me with regard to Sarai? You said to me, She is my sister, whereas she is your wife. And I took her to be my wife. Behold, your wife who is with me, depart and go hence from all the land of Egypt. And now pray for me and my house that this evil spirit may be expelled from it. So I prayed for him, dot, 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 and I laid my hands on his head. And the scourge departed from him, and the evil spirit was expelled from him, and he lived. And the king rose to tell me, and the king swore an oath to me that dot, 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 and the king gave her much silver and gold and much raiment of fine linen and purple, and Hagar also, dot, 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 and he appointed men to lead me out of all the land of Egypt, and I, Abram, departed with very great flocks and with silver and gold. And I went up from Egypt together with my nephew Lot. Lot had great flocks also, and he took a wife for himself from among the daughters of Egypt. Okay. So we don't actually have a biblical narrative on how Pharaoh found out that Sarah was Abram's wife. We really don't. But that's not going to stop this author from saying that, well, uh, Lot did it. It, it was Lot. Lot let him know. And that was it. And, and apparently they were just cool with letting this be for two stinking years. Okay, let's go ahead and keep reading. I pitched my camp in every place in which I had formerly camped until I came to Bethel, the place where I had built an altar. And I built a second altar and laid on it a sacrifice and an offering to the Most High God. And there I called on the name of the Lord of Worlds and praised the name of God and blessed God. And I gave thanks before God for all the riches and favors which he had bestowed on me. For he had dealt kindly towards me and had led me back in peace into this land. After that day, Lot departed from me on account of the deeds of our shepherds. He went away and settled in the valley of the Jordan, together with all his flocks. And I myself added more to them. He kept his sheep and journeyed as far as Sodom, and he bought a house for himself in Sodom and dwelt in it. But I dwelt on the mountain of Bethel, and it grieved me that my nephew Lot had departed from me. And God appeared to me in a vision at night and said to me, Go to Ramoth Hazor, which is north of Bethel, the place where you dwell, and lift up your eyes, and look to the east, and to the west, and to the south, and to the north, and behold all this land which I give to you and your seed forever. The next morning I went up to Ramoth Hazor, and from that high place I beheld the land from the river of Egypt to Lebanon and Senir, and from the great sea to Haran, and all the land of Gibal as far as Kadesh, and all the great desert to the east of Haran and Senir as far as the Euphrates. And he said to me, I will give all this land to your seed, and they shall possess it forever. And I will multiply your seed like the dust of the earth, which no man can number, neither shall any man number your seed. Rise and go. Behold the length and breadth of the land, for it is yours, and after you I will give it to your seed forever. And I, Abram, departed to travel about and see the land. I began my journey at the river Gihon, and traveled along the coast of the sea until I came to the mountain of the bull, Taurus. Then I traveled from the coast of the Great Salt Sea and journeyed toward the east by the mountain of the bull across the breadth of the land until I came to the river Euphrates. I journeyed along the Euphrates until I came to the Red Sea in the east. And I traveled along the coast of the Red Sea until I came to the tongue of the Sea of Reeds, which flows out from the Red Sea. Then I pursued my way in the south until I came to the river Gihon, and returning I came to my house in peace and found all things prosperous there. 
I went to dwell at the oaks of Mamre, which is at Hebron, northeast of Hebron. And I built an altar there and laid on it a sacrifice and an oblation to the Most High God. I ate and drank there, I and all the men of my household. And I sent for Mamre, Ornam, and Eshkol, the three Amorite brothers, my friends, and they ate and drank with me. Before these days, Kedorlaomer, king of Elam, had set out with Amraphel, king of Babylon, Arioch, king of Kaptok, and Tidal, king of the nations which lie between the rivers. And they had waged war against Barah, king of Sodom, Bershah, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shemabiad, king of Zeboim, and against the king of Bela. All these had made ready for battle in the valley of Sidim, and the king of Elam and the other kings with him had prevailed over the king of Sodom and his companions and had imposed a tribute upon them. For twelve years they had paid their tribute to the king of Elam, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled against him. And in the fourteenth year the king of Elam placed himself at the head of all his allies and went up by the way of the wilderness, and they smote and pillaged from the river Euphrates onward. They smote the Rephaim who were at Ashtaroth, Karnaim, the Zamzamim, who were at Ammon, the Emim who were at Shabahakarioth, and the Horites who were in the mountains of Gibal, until they came to El Paran, which is in the wilderness, and they returned, dot, 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 at Hazazon Tamar. The king of Sodom went out to meet them, together with the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admah, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela. And they fought a battle in the valley of Sidim against Kedorlaomer, king of Elam, and the kings who were with him. But the king of Sodom was vanquished and fled, and the king of Gomorrah fell into the pits. And the king of Elam carried off all the riches of Sodom and Gomorrah, dot, 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 and they took Lot, the nephew of Abram, who dwelt with them in Sodom, together with all his possessions. Now one of the shepherds of the flocks which Abram had given to Lot escaped from captivity and came to Abram. At that time, Abram dwelt in Hebron. He told him that Lot, his nephew, had been taken together with all his possessions, but that he had not been slain and that the kings had gone by the way of the great valley of the Jordan in the direction of their land, taking captives and plundering and smiting and slaying, and that they were journeying towards the land of Damascus. Abram wept because of Lot, his nephew. Then he braced himself. Then he rose up and chose from among his servants 318 fighting men trained for war. And Ornam and Eshkol and Mamre went with him also. He pursued them until he came to Dan and came on them while they were camped in the valley of Dan. He fell on them at night from four sides and during the night he slew them. He crushed them and put them to flight. And all of them fled before him until they came to Helbon, which is north of Damascus. He rescued from them all their captives and all their booty and possessions. He also delivered Lot his nephew together with all his possessions, and he brought back all the captives which they had taken. When the king of Sodom learned that Abram had brought back all the captives and all the booty, he came out to meet him, and he went to Salem, which is Jerusalem. Abram camped in the valley of Shaveh, which is in the valley of the king, the valley of beth Hakarem, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out food and drink to Abram and to all the men who were with him. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram by the Most High God, Lord of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him tithe of all the possessions of the king of Elam and his companions. Then the king of Sodom approached and said to Abram, My lord Abram, give me the souls which are mine, which you have delivered from the king of Elam, and taken captive that you may have all the possessions. Then said Abram to the king of Sodom, I raise my hand this day to the most high God, Lord of heaven and earth. I will take nothing of yours, not even a shoelace or shoe strap, lest you say Abram's riches come from my possessions. 
I will take nothing but that which the young men with me have eaten already, and the portion of the three men who have come with me, and they shall decide whether they will give you their portion. And Abram returned all the possessions and all the captives and gave them to the king of Sodom. He freed all their captives from this land who were with them and sent them all back. After these things, God appeared to Abram in a vision and said to him, Behold, ten years have passed since you departed from Haran. For two years you dwelt here, and you spent seven years in Egypt, and one year has passed since you returned from Egypt. And now examine and count all you have, and see how it has grown to be double that which came out with you from Haran. And now do not fear, I am with you. I am your help and your strength. I am a shield above you and a mighty safeguard round about you. Your wealth and possessions shall multiply greatly. But Abram said, My Lord God, I have great wealth and possessions, but what good shall they do to me? I shall die naked, childless shall I go hence. A child from my household shall inherit from me. Eliezer's son, dot, 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 shall inherit from me. And he said to him, He shall not be your heir, but one who shall spring from your body shall inherit from you. Dot, dot, dot. And that is the end of the Genesis Apocryphon as we have it. Um... That's the whole Genesis Apocryphon. That's it. And I cannot tell you that this is Bible. There's a reason you call it Apocryphon, because there is absolutely no way that this is Scripture. It papers over clear contradictions that it makes with Genesis. It tries to expand on things and add a little bit of detail. It changes the narrator and speaker so much that they really honestly want you to believe these are like the journal entries of Lamech, Methuselah, Enoch, and Abram, and then suddenly shifting to the third person? This is a collection of various literatures, most likely, that the people in Qumran had just collected, slapped together, and called it one book. It doesn't even work as commentary, although maybe the Targumitic aspect of it can be found, through these, uh, these rewordings here and these additions of little details that uh, maybe answer that one congregant that raises his hand and says, ah, how did Pharaoh find out that Abram and Sarai were married? Uh, Lot told him. How long did he wait? Uh, two years. Yeah, well, um... What was the kind of affliction? I don't know, man. It was just a scourge. That's what that's what the Apocryphon says. And, like, maybe that's as close to the Targumitic aspect of this that you're going to get. But aside from that, a lot of this is people just making stuff up. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but don't worry. We get some Genesis commentaries next week. Oh, that'll be interesting. I can't wait for it. Actually, no, I mean, I can but I am actually a little excited for it. How did these people read Genesis in light of their willingness to remix it for their own ends? I guess we'll find out. Amen and amen.